who doesn't need a little self-care in the cold winter months? Glow with Red has got you covered. From scented soy candles, satin hair scrunchies, African black soap and raw shea butter just to name a few of their amazing products. Follow them on Instagram at glowwithred underscore official and slide into their DMs to place your order. How about this? Use our discount code AROUNDMUCH10 and get 10% off your total order. This offer is valid from the 30th of June to the 14th of July. Glow with Red this winter, your best friend in self-care. Hey guys, it's your girl Naya and Tuli. And we're back for another episode of the awesome podcast, Rant Much, a podcast for black girls that talk too much. Um, So today is a very, very special episode um, for both of us. As you all know, we are continuing with our um, new series, talking about giving the mic to other people who we don't share their same identity, right? Um, And all those different things and talking about the intricacies of identity politics and all the things inside the the intersections and the gray areas and the not so nice and colorful portions of it that we see on TV and social media and all of those other things. But before we get into that and introduce our amazing guest for today, Tools, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm extremely tired. This morning's wake up was a very difficult one, okay? <laughs> when Naya called me at 6 a.m., which is recording time, yeah. I, I, I I was struggling, hey? I was like, I, I cannot do this. Can we cancel? Can we can we reschedule? <laughs> because, wow, it's hard to wake up in winter, I feel. Like, it, obviously, because it's colder. But just generally, I have quite a bit to do today. And, um, yeah, I was just mentally getting myself in the space for the day. But I'm up, and I'm ready, and I'm excited. Um... I just also wanted to say that the reason why we didn't have an episode last week was because yeah. we had drama with a guest, right? Uh, our guest couldn't commit <sighs> to coming on. And what we want you guys to remember is that we are very, very intentional about wanting to have a guest on every single episode of the series. Yeah. Um, and you will understand that the deeper we go into the series because the point is to pass the mic. The point is to say we're talking about this group of society or people who identify as this racially or whatever and we can't speak on their behalf so if we are having trouble with the guest we probably will skip that week because yeah man we just want to yeah life happens and we just really want to stay true to what we said in the first episode that we want to bring you a guest and we want to make the conversation as robust as possible but yeah, we're back this week and I'm really excited. Back Naya, how are you? Ever. How was um, your week? Uh, uh. <laughs> um, my week was a little rough, I'm gonna be honest with y'all. y'all. It's um it's been a new lesson, life lesson every day. <laughs> um, of me just going through the ropes of trying to figure out what is this thing called life and what do I like about it, what do I not like about it? And it's it's 
it's that section and chapter in life where it's like not fun kind of grody mm. it's it's just not it's not comfy it's just it's, not yeah it's, it's just, just not it. fun yeah i'm also in a not fun chapter in my life i'm not having a good time you know and life is life what okay right and i'm just like i thought that we agreed with drake when we said we're here for a good time not a long time amen sister. and <laughs> it's amen. becoming very long and it's not very good and i'm not enjoying this <laughs> I'm also, like, can you just let me out of your house already? Like, I'm just over right. this. Can we just move on? Like, you know, tough times are lasting, guys. Like, tough times mm-hmm. are lasting, and they are finishing me, and I don't know what to do about it. But regardless of that, I'm grateful for life. I'm here, and yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm young and alive and have a chance every day. So that's what I'm trying to focus on at this point. <laughs> no, I, I feel that. I feel that. This week has been, I feel like it's my own self creating my like pain this week and it really sucks because it's like you're in this great like moment of your 20s like living that but it's like mm. look it's these lessons in your 20s that help make the rest of your life so i guess yeah, if i gotta take yeah. the heat right now i'll take it I'll, I'll do what i gotta do but i think this is the best time if ever to introduce our amazing guest so Fun fact, our guest today has been like one of my best friends for Please years now. introduce your so, friend, Naya. Let us know who we got. So we have the amazing, the awesome, the awesomely talented Kirsten Mossberg on the show today. As I said, she is my best friend. Um, she also happened to create the awesome poster that you all have grown to know and love. Yeah, she did that. She's that good. That's her. Um, she's, you know, she's awesome. So, Karis, how are you? Who are Hi, you? I'm doing really well, guys. Thank you so much for having me on your on your show today. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to rant with y'all. It's one of my favorite activities. Yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like a perfect time. <clears throat> Love it, love it, love it. Love so, Chris, that. where are you from? Who, who is Kirsten uh, Mossberg when people ask? What do you tell them? <laughs> um, I feel like that answer changes every day. But for today, um, <laughs> yes. I'm just, I'm just yeah. a girl living in the United States. I spend <laughs> my time, I don't know how specific you get with this, but I spend my time between Connecticut <laughs> and Michigan. Um, <laughs> Um, okay, yeah. and currently, yeah, uh, it's, I'm, I guess I'm, I don't, I, I, oh, what's interesting about me is the question, I guess, but I'm 20, 22, <laughs> going to be 23 on Saturday. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, okay, that's I know. And so I, I'm an illustrator and a video editor. Um, I was a actress with Naya in college. That's where we met each other. And yeah, I just really, I True. really Facts. love making images that move in funky ways and fun ways. So that's how I spend my days. Um, yeah, I, I love knitting and I love tea and I love walks. I feel I'm trying to paint a really whole portrait <laughs> of myself right now, but I feel like I just am coming across that. as like a grandma. And you know, that's okay too. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, also, I'm not going to lie. You're my oh, type of people. Yeah. Well, you you're know, it, it was so funny, Julie, when you were complaining about having to get up in the morning, I, I was complaining tonight about having to stay up this late past my bedtime. <laughs> so we're both, we're both like wanting to yeah. just be sleeping right now. And I'm, <laughs> I love that. I love that yes. we have that in common. Yes, we would I rather be was a bad <laughs> And I did not ask her when her preferred time was. I was like, yeah, so... 
This is a time we usually record. I gotta stop doing you things know, like this. I swear, y'all, it's, help me. It's with a this, testament okay? to how much I adore you. Just you know, that's what you, it is. It is because um, I'm not. I'm not delaying so sleep time just for anybody out here. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Big facts, y'all. If you have not talked to Kirsten like after 10 p.m. You ain't yeah. talking to her to the next day, y'all. She's yeah. very religious about this. I, okay? I am exactly the same. Like, if you choose not to respond to me all day and you want to talk at 10, I'm sorry. It's your loss. You should have planned better. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> but before we jump into into today's topic, uh, let's check in. I think we always check in with all of our guests, as we did. Mm-hmm. So our check-in question for our guests is always if this past this chapter of your life that you're currently in if it was a chapter in your book what would it be called okay i should answer that um i guess uh (laughs) i I was thinking kind of like a motley mess because you know when when things are motley it's like a patchwork of random things and um, my life does feel like a patchwork of things, and it's, so it is a mess, but it's a motley mess, so there's kind of a fun artistic flair to it. Like, I am enjoying the mess that I'm making. So my chapter is called A Motley Mess. <laughs> oh, love I like that. that. I don't even know what motley is, but I'm just going to pretend <laughs> the bull wrote it. <laughs> Okay, guys. Well, as you can see inside of the description and everything um, in our caption for this week, this week we are talking specifically about our racial identities. Um, And so Kirsten, as our guest, Kirsten can explain her racial identity as Tuli and I, I mean, as the show kind of alludes to, we're both black women. Um, So there is that. But Kirsten, how would you... Uh, quantify it's even the word. how would you describe your racial identity yeah I, I like that one better describe yeah. it doesn't make you seem like an alien right. you know well, I, Sorry. I, <laughs> um, so the way I would describe myself is that I am Asian and Caucasian um, ethnically I, I guess majority Chinese and Swedish um, okay. yeah there's a there's a few other fun ethnicities sprinkled in there but I mostly connect with my Chinese <laughs> and Swedish heritage yeah awesome awesome okay great so what when did you feel like you were most aware of your racial identities or was there ever a point in your life when you were like oh crap this is this is what everyone is categorizing me as type um, thing? it's kind of funny I mm. mean I guess I guess I've always more so identified as Asian because I, my mom is Asian and I would say that I spent like more time, I was closer with her growing up. So basically all the traditions and heritage and kind of habits of her um, heritage, I felt rubbed up on me. I can't, I don't know. I, I It's actually really funny because I feel like there are two different points in life where I realized that being biracial was different from being Asian and that's still like a fuzzy area Hmm. but I would say the the um it took me a while or it took me later in life to realize um kind of my identity as biracial versus Asian I think in elementary school particularly I always kind of introduced myself or talked about myself as Asian and then kind of coming into college I started to give a little more thought about what it meant to be half and half um 
And I, yeah, I, I think, <laughs> oh, actually, I, no, wait, I think I have a better answer to this question. I think the first time I really actually <laughs> had to think about my identity um, or when it started to come into play was like, you know when they fill out surveys and they ask you where, where yeah. you're from? Um, for the longest time, there was not a multiracial option. Um, there was only yeah, white yeah. or Asian. And so I think I, I, I most, I think I defaulted to Asian most of the time, but I remember being really kind mm-hmm. of like happy when the, when the survey started to like allow me to check more than one option, because in a way, I guess in a small way, it felt like a, a form of acceptance that, um, biracial Ooh. is itself a, an, an identity in itself. Um, because you know, it's just math. You can't, you can't be one half more than the other half. And that always kind of wigged out my yeah. brain when I was mm-hmm. that. I was like, if I choose to be Asian, I'm no more Asian than I am white. So it's really weird to like commit fully to one, knowing that you have a whole other side to you. Um, Interesting. I hear that. I hear that. Um, I, I'm 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 really interested in like what you said about the fact that you grew up with your mom who is Chinese, and so that was the identity that you kind of like went with right and this is something we were talking about on our last episode when we were talking about what mixed means like in South Africa versus in in Mm -hmm. the US and I was telling Naya that I don't feel like not that I I, like that there are no mixed people in South Africa they definitely obviously are but I I don't know if mixed is a thing in South Africa Mm. like I think people are just kind of raised more black or raised more white and then they just assume one or the other yeah. um or they are raised more indian or whatever it is that the um, um whatever the 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 two halves that make them um so it's it's really interesting what you say because i also find that like with with, with i have a friend who is indian and black and she was just raised more on her mom's black side so she just identifies as black mm-hmm. right um, and Naya says, like, you have one, in America, if you have one drop of black in you, then you're mm. black. And I don't know how that translates in my context here, yeah. <laughs> you know? And I think... Yeah. Oh, sorry, keep going. I think we just kind of assume people's identities by the way that they look, and if they have Asian features, or their skin is darker, or their skin is lighter, we just kind of assume that that's what it was, you know? So... Yeah. I can't imagine, like, <laughs> when you started, like, you know, like when you started realizing that, like, okay, I'm not all this and I'm not all that, um, but I am a blend of these two different cultures. I don't know if I'm sure. Sense. No, I and I definitely would say that when I was younger, I probably would have just told people I was Asian um, because you know, as a kid, you try to kind of copy your parents, and I was closer with my mom, mm. so I think I was just, you know, my mom's my mom was familiar to me so anything she did I would do and that naturally has a lot of like Asian habits like that's why I think I really resonate with like memes on Facebooks for Asian people because all those like subtle Mm. Asian traits I that my mom exhibits and so I adopted when I was little um and and uh I would say like um yeah that whole that whole having like a drop of I, I don't want to say the wrong thing, but a drop of black blood, is that what you said? Um, 
I yeah, do yeah. I do feel and and I do think it comes a lot down to your facial features, how people identify you, but I do think like yeah, having a drop of Asian blood in you tends to make you more Asian than white in people's eyes. Though actually that's not quite true because I've definitely known some people who are mixed but they look whiter and people just they they like they're an afterthought when uh, eth- like mi- minority groups hold events or something. Like I know this in college, there were mm. a few people who were mixed that like because pe- they didn't look it, they were not like automatically added to group chats or they were kind of an afterthought when mm. events were going to happen. So I think, yeah, that can be. Um, I I've never really had that issue because I think. Most, if most people don't think I'm Asian, they at least know I'm not white. They usually infer that from how I look. So I've never really <laughs> been left out of POC events. But um, yeah, it, it does. It does really come down to how you look, doesn't it? I mean, actually, but there's kind of, um, in a way, there's kind of a freedom to being ambiguous in how you look because people mm. can't automatically put um assign a stereotype to you that's in their head because like you know stereotypes are instinctual sometimes you just see a person and you automatically have thoughts about them based on history and of course in our progressive Mm. age we like we know how to handle those thoughts and if they're going in a direction we don't like we know how to do that uh we know how to handle them so when you have someone that you just can't apply any stereotypes to i think it it opens up doors in a way for how people can create their impression of you instead of working off of like um, a preconceived baseline that's been put into them by centuries of history. Um, like uh, Naya, I think you thought I was Latina when you first met me. Yeah, yeah and so. Originally. Yeah, I was like, I think Chris is Latina. And then somebody was like, uh, no, she's definitely Asian. <laughs> I was like, oh, But that's the thing. That Def- what does definitely mean? Because clearly I was not definitely Asian yeah. to you. So like. Yeah, yeah, no, it's an interesting, yeah. um, th- I think there's an interesting freedom that can come with being biracial, but also it does create yeah. um, an arena for a lot of confusion internally as well, because, uh, and not and externally, yeah. because sometimes, yeah. you know, people love to categorize, and it's really yeah. hard to sometimes categorize someone of many mixed racial identities, definitely. Yeah, yep. I mean, because so, I think how I originally saw it when I when I even originally was like, oh, Chris is Latina is because my well, my hallmate, my friend Bella, she is she is Hispanic and she has the same like her and Chris could probably be cousins. The only difference is the fact that Kirsten is lighter than Bella and Bella is like tanner right so like Mm. there's only like she's like brown and Kirsten's like cream you know like it does Mm. slight differences right um but like y'all actually could probably be sisters (laughs) Um, (laughs) oh it's just it's interesting how life works like that yeah I guess it's not just all this or that but I want to get into you know as you live your life as a human being you meet black people and have black friends um when does your when does racial identity or your racial identity come into play with your black friends right um does it have an impact on at all on your relationship with your black friends um i'm sure it does 
particularly because you're in this space where you're like, okay, cool, I get the injustices of being a person of color in the in the Americas, but you have the Caucasian side of you, um, which is very much a complicated like interaction for you, I'm sure. I mean, I've had white friends and it's been quite complicated. It has not worked out for me and my ex-white friends. <laughs> but what does that look like for you um, as you navigate relationships with your black friends? Yeah. I would <laughs> also just put a disclaimer that the, this particular friend group that like we're talking about at least right now, right? Like the three of us are, uh, the three black friends are very like, well, okay. Two are more like activist-like type people. So I would not say that this is a general disclaimer, um, but specifically for us. Sorry, go ahead. No, it's just, I think it's really interesting. Um, I guess I, I feel like we should give some context to this. I when, when people think of my black friends, so the context of this is that when, Naya is um, proud, one of my black friends, and Naya and I are very close with two other people who identify as black. So when we were kind of this close friend group in college, it was three black people and this one biracial girl. And I'm sure, I'm <laughs> yeah. sure that looked like a little out of place to some people being like, what could this one biracial girl possibly have in common with these three people who very visually look so similar? Um, and kind yeah. of, I don't know, the, the thing for me is just how organic our friendship with all four of us came to be. There was nothing yes. racial about it. Um, we just all mm -hmm. shared, yeah. and we're all very different. That's the funny yeah. part. It's like we're all vastly different. We people. are. We are all very different. But I do think we have some sort of uniting principles, like in terms of just mm -hmm. just kind of some like mm -hmm. key moral principles that we all really seem to share. Yeah. Um, and I think that's been kind of beautiful. That like we are. We've all. We have all become so close and united over something that's far more internal and humane than something as you know external as our appearances um and i think it's been kind of a joyful friendship actually because i've learned a lot about yeah. black culture i would say i hope I, I i can only from my experience it seems like you guys really opened up and shared with me things about your lives and your families um and in a way i was able to you know share my asian um heritage and and habits with you guys and there was overlap in some Very ways true. too it was like there was more overlap than I think one might have expected um I think the only time there was ever maybe like a, a weird kind of racial issue was like sometimes you know and like I get it because I am a POC as well we kind of like we give white people a hard time sometimes because not because sometimes we they deserve it. I mean, we have and to. And there was like, <laughs> no, yeah, and, and absolutely. I think it's I think it's totally <laughs> fine to like be honest and call people out on their BS. Like, you know, I think people need to be called mm. out. And I think there was one time, though, that a yeah. comment like a generalization was made about like white people and it was during the pandemic. So, you know, t tensions were already high. And I felt this like torn Ooh. feeling because like I get it, I I make fun of white people too. Just and but then that's also weird for me because I'm half white. So it's like, is this my place to make fun of <laughs> people right now, or should I like be soaking in the like? Should I be atoning 
for what half of my ancestors did. Um, yeah, and so I, I mean, I think I brought it up, and we, and like Naya and every and everyone else, they were super gracious and understanding, and no one was like, "Well, you should like stop being so sensitive." Like they were really acknowledging. Oh, but um, <clears throat> no, so that was like the only only real time. I, I mean, there's probably little microaggressions here and there, but like, I don't know. I think it's like we sure. all come from like we we love each other so deeply that like it's a safe space to maybe make mistakes like that and then use it as an opportunity to like be like hey I didn't really actually like that very much and let's not do that again and yeah so um yeah I don't know it's it's funny but like the racial aspect doesn't play into it so much or I'm not constantly thinking about it um, as much as someone might think because the people beneath the racial exteriors are so attuned to who I am that we might as well like be the Mm. same yeah that's real I think it's funny because of the fact that um, so in our friend group um, Kirsten and one of our other friends inside that friend group were roommates for what well, you guys were roommates for what like two yeah, years yeah yeah about two years yeah yeah about two years and in that process like this particular friend is like really southern so like people who know like a black Americans like northern Americans are one thing but southern black people are, they're a whole nother like group of people okay <laughs> like when you're a southern <laughs> it's like you're too true to our history. Right, like you have no choice because I mean slavery happened in the South, right? I mean that could be historically inaccurate because technically in the North there was some other bullshit that was happening, but that's not the point. You get what I'm saying? So like this particular friend cracks jokes all the time about white people. Um, so I I immediately when you were like yeah the microaggressions I was like oh so many times so many times I'm like cringing over remembering moments. Um, but sometimes I, they were I, funny, but other times it is like, ah, oh, dang it. <laughs> yeah. I'm interested, though, in this friendship dynamic, like having three black people in a group and one a mixed person in the group. Um, obviously, there are going to be jokes. Obviously, there are, like, comments. That's just, you know, how we speak and how we share our experiences. I'm interested to know, like, if you've had, like, moments where your skin cringes a little bit or you're like a little bit like oh my gosh you know like like what does what does that feel like for you you know to have all three of them because I mean I think our racial identities um bond us in different ways and I think that there are some things that are really particularly black experiences that even though you're a POC POC you might not be able to relate on you know, on the same level, right? You understand the injustice, you understand the inequality, but there are just certain things that are black things, you know? Have you ever just been like, even if you don't like say it, or it's not even a big deal, it could be something like, white people's feet are always dirty, or whatever, that's just something I thought of, I'm not saying white people's feet are always dirty, although, you know, you know what it is, South Africans, we know know what it is, so I'm not even gonna (laughs) So... (laughs) Yeah, like, what does that feel like on a social level? Like, where where are you are you the friend that's like, no, guys, not all white people are that. Or are you just the friend who's going to, like, chuckle or you're just going to, like, say nothing and then bring it up another time? I'm interested. I, 
to know. I I think I try really hard not to be that friend. I because I think like again I, I get it. Like I think making fun of people for for fun and the for levity is a bonding thing. And I think like only only if it comes goes to a point where I think like you're making generalizations that I think might hurt you if you were to go out into the world and say them is then I'm going to say something because then that's just me being interested in my friend's self-interest best interests um but like sure. but if if any of my friends had like such hateful rhetoric inside them towards white people I I don't know I think I would have caught that earlier and and it would like I th- yeah I've never really run into that like no there's there's never been kind of speech like that that I've had to like um, handle so no I I think I'm and I also think like uh, uh, what you brought up of being like there are definitely black experiences I could not understand because I'm not a black person and so I think I've tried really really mm. hard and I hope I did this but like to not always be talking when people are talking about mm-hmm. like mm. their hardships like especially like when you know these friends really were feeling the weight of an injustice particularly about a black person I hope that I did my best to sit there and listen um that's always what I because I, I always um I always yeah I always knew that there were going to be things I didn't know and even like and and this is interesting because I think there's more of like something I'd love to hear Naya talk about but I do feel like sometimes when I was with them I always wondered if they were like holding back in like how they're kind of expressing their blackness because they was they were afraid I'd feel excluded and um I guess it's really I don't know if like I've ever like expressed this before but I would there would be times where I felt like you guys are being like extra like black <laughs> and then I feel I feel weird for saying it but like kind of the way you would like talk to each other maybe some like um slang you would use that like I wasn't using on the daily and maybe might not want to use um nothing nothing like swear words or anything but just like things that maybe were more in black culture that I just didn't learn when I was younger and might sound weird if I said them um and so I was always kind of wondering like because I think like there would be because you know like uh my roommate he loves to cook he's southern uh from the south so he likes to have lots of parties and likes to treat people and he would invite like other black friends so then it then it would not just be like one mixed girl in a sea or or in a group of three people would be like one mixed girl in a party of black people and like I think I I could discern almost the um the the levels of like your personality I I um this you know talking about this out loud is is for the first time is kind of weird and I'm trying to make sure I use the right <laughs> the right words, but it is truly like, you know, yeah, you know when people right talk about code switching, you know, like when when you put yes. on your yes. your white voice so that you are accepted by white society. I I sometimes wondered if y'all were like doing like a a, a halfway code switch with me, like you weren't you weren't completely ah. white, but I was just I always did wonder if you like adjusted your mannerisms ever so slightly whether to make me feel included mm. or because you were just like subconsciously aware that I was not from the same culture. Um, but from oh. my, and like, and I wonder if like, let's say the tables were reversed. If it was three Asian people and one black people, would we like adjust um, how we are? I, I'm not sure, but um, to tip, to bring it back to the point of 
Yeah, Expe- it was like experiences and ha- and dealing with um, friends of different cultures. I think, yeah, I I think listening just was like the thing I was most conscious of, and just like know mm. when to step back. And I and because our friendship was so strong, I never felt excluded. I never, it never felt like I was stepping back and not a part of the group. It just felt like negotiating when it was appropriate to be like yeah. more forefront in a conversation or more, more back. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I will say like, even though I am biracial and I consider myself 50% white, 50% Asian, I still have a leaning toward Asian in terms of how I think I see the world. And yeah, and, and, and generally how I identify. So I think it's always been more of a, um, I think the actual insecurity for me is when I'm in a room of POCs and we're discussing issues, if people will think of what I say is legitimate, um, because I'm always mm-hmm. afraid people are gonna say, well, you're not a full Asian. You, how could you possibly understand a full like Asian experience or like you can't argue on behalf of full Mm. Asians because you don't have that experience and that that actually hurts the thought of that hurts because I do feel so connected to my Asian culture and um, to have someone else decide for me that I'm not like full Asian feels really Mm. um, like invasive to me or just it it doesn't it, it rubs me a really wrong way as if someone is trying to paint my identity on me and yeah, I really, yeah. So that's, if, and that's never happened obviously with this friendship group, but it's a fear that I have when I go into maybe like a POC round table with people who aren't my close friends and don't know that I am really connected mm-hmm. to my Asian roots. Yeah, I feel like none of us would, first of all, have A, the balls, and secondly, like I don't think we would even go that far. Like, I, and who are we to say like, whether you are too much or too little of any racial identity. I don't even think you can tell someone that, right? I hope so, so like, I but I, I don't know. I do I do fear that there are some people out there who may not say it out loud, but they'll think it, and that, that can be just mm, as yeah, dangerous. People, are, pe- people, people really are crossing lines, and they do it every day. People really wake yeah. up with the audacity, and they exercise it <laughs> yes. every single day. Trust and believe. There are definitely people who gatekeep you know their cultures and like want to keep every other culture and be like yeah but you're not so if you're only 50 percent, then how can you have the full experience of being asian like there are people who are really like really wake up with the audacity honestly honestly who do you think you are (laughs) it's too much i don't know how you have the time or energy (laughs) to be you know being a gatekeeper or anything because i'm trying to be the gatekeeper of my own happiness and that's too much already um, but okay, Curse, final question. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that you're you're more aware of like your cultural background now that you're older and like you've gone through college and been away from home or more when you were younger, like closer to your mom, closer to home and everything? Oh, I know I, I definitely think I'm more aware of it now that I'm older. Um, okay. Well, for ex- I was I was thinking about this question because you you sent me some talking points before this, um, so I was mulling <laughs> over this question all day, and you know when I was like when I was in elementary school, I just didn't think Asian American history existed. 
Like I just didn't, I just, I just literally mm. thought, you know, people arrived in America and then they were here. Um, not that there was like a whole, you know, decades worth of history behind. Revolution, yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and that's just because, you know, it wasn't taught in schools. Literally, I don't think I learned yeah. anything about Asian history in America. And then I think maybe in AP US history, maybe there was like a sprinkling or something. And then I finally took a, a class know. in college called Asian American history. And I learned like so many things. And I was like, wow, it's like crazy to think that like I just didn't think like my ancestors existed um, like at all because mm. I wasn't taught about them. So my brain was just like, yeah, you know, they just uh, like appeared one day in America and then you you happened. Um, <laughs> they came and that was that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I do. I do feel I mean, I, I definitely did feel that I was different in a way in elementary school being Asian. I just knew I had like kind of a different set of traditions that I came from and like, you know, like and and food that I would eat that my um, white friends weren't really eating. But I didn't like think too hard about it. I just knew it was something that like made me different, but I didn't really focus in on it. And then um, and then, you know, coming to Michigan. That's where I, uh, University of Michigan. I don't know if your viewers know that, but that's where we went to college. Um, I don't yeah, like it is. Uh, uh, if that's too private, bleep it out. Um, but that's where we <laughs> went to school, and um, that was the first time that I wasn't able to be with my family for any of the Asian holidays. And I do remember, like freshman year, um, I was pretty homesick. And I walked into an yeah, that was really yeah, hard for yeah. Oh, you probably remember all the all the crying, um, but yes, yeah. I I walked into an Asian. I I had somehow made my way to an Asian grocery store that was like a few miles from our theater building, and I walked in there and like the smell of it smelled like an Asian grocery at home. The products in there were like things I had bought as a kid. And I like got so emotional in the middle of that Asian grocery. I like started crying in the middle of this like Asian random Asian grocery store, and I and that was when I like realized how much um, how much I I my Asian um, memories and identity meant to me by the just the fact that I was for the first mm. time in my life removed from it. Um, and then from that point on, I realized how special it was to kind of preserve things like that in my life no matter where I was no matter how close I was to my family or, or like proximity wise mm. um, just how important it was to me to always maintain a tie to my Asian roots because it is it is so much of who I am and how I think um, yeah and and so um, def yeah so I think in having been separated from it that's what made me the most aware of it because it's something that yeah. I hold so dear to my heart um yeah and and yes and you didn't know that until you no longer had it i guess it. you could say i so took it for granted because you, you realized yeah. how much you value oh absolutely it. no i definitely like took it for granted um because my mom was always mm. there to be like uh, the holidays coming up we're gonna eat a lot of food today um, and then when my mom wasn't there to like cook all the things, I was like, oh my gosh, I have to cook the things now where I'm not gonna like get <laughs> the celebration and I don't wanna miss it. And, and actually something really special yeah. um, and in theater school, we had a group called the, the BF Asians. 
because you know a theater degree is a mm-hmm. BFA and then so all the Asian people uh-huh. we in the theater department we had a group called the BFA Asians and um, my senior year my friend Roger and I we organized like a dumpling party for Chinese New Year and it was so beautiful um, just to like have us in in our like to bring everyone together and um, like make mm-hmm. sure that we celebrated our culture together and it was nice to like carve out that tiny little space in our in our theater community to have this space where Asian people who were all joined by theater and all joined by being Asian could you know celebrate that. And so that was that was a really nice that is beautiful. yeah and and I don't think that would have happened if I hadn't had kind of that epiphany in my freshman year of just realizing how much home is inside my Asian identity. And so if I don't have that, oh, I, yeah. I lose a sense of home. And, and home is really, really important to me. Awesome. That is so, awesome. so, so amazing. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry to backtrack. I just wanted to say um, when you were talking about whether you felt like your black friends were more black when you weren't around and were kind of like... Um, Irregulating their black. I mean, that's not what you said, but you know what I mean. It's like, like it's like uh, a dial, like I, toning toning down their black. Yeah, it is like a something. dial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just toning toning it down. It's like like the volume, like exactly like that. I started to think about like what that would look like in a South African context, mm. and immediately my mind goes to absolutely. I absolutely regulate my blackness when I'm with white people or with yeah. my white friends or when I had white friends. Um, First of all, I think what makes it a little bit more complicated is language. So in America, black people speak English, um, unless obviously they speak their African languages in, in America, but there's no like native black um, language, a- African-American no. mm-hmm. language. Well, Vernac is the closest you're going to get to it. Our slang yeah, is the closest yeah, you'll yeah, get to it. Yeah, but, but, but with us, we have 11 official languages. So growing yeah. up in white schools, for example, we would constantly get in trouble for speaking our mother tongues at school oh. in front of white people. So there were some things that we couldn't, we couldn't express to each other. Like let's say a teacher is being extremely problematic or something is just funnier in Kosa, it's just funnier in Zulu, it's just funnier in Tswana, you know? And so we'll share a joke or share a moment and we would get in trouble. Literally our white teachers would say, don't come speak black here. You're not allowed to talk your language here in front of us. So that's how we learned to dial down our blackness. We had to do that because we weren't allowed to speak our languages in school. Um, Obviously, the time is different now. Um, The generation that we call Ama 2000, meaning if you were born from 2000 onwards. (laughs) This generation of uh, Gen Zs, I guess you'd call them Gen Zs, um, they are not having that, (laughs) right? So their context of that looks different to what ours did. So we were told not to. Um, and then there's food, and then there's, you know, the way we, we refer to white people and the way we relate to white people is not stuff we're, not, we're going to just, like, share with our white friends or, like, share in white spaces. Yeah. So there definitely is a difference. When you, when you were talking about that, I was like, yeah, no, definitely. Even in my older years in varsity, we had a group. There were five girls. It was two black girls, two colored girls, and... A white, a white girl. And when I think about that dynamic of friendship, 
me and the other black girl always just had this understanding that like man when it's me and you <laughs> it's me and you <laughs> and then when it's the four of us um the two black girls and the two colored girls it's like man when it's the four of us it's the four of us <laughs> you know because <laughs> there was always just a sense of like you know camaraderie like not that we loved the white girl any less actually she was my very best friend and roommate for two years yeah um but it was just different mm-hmm. yeah I, I can't ex- like the, the, the the experience was just different and it, you yeah. know so mm-hmm. yeah i find that really interesting yeah and and you know like i think that's why it's so healthy to have multiple friend groups because i know yeah. that like let's like it's it's okay to oh what was i gonna say i guess i was trying to say that like it's okay if like my my black friends need time away from me so that they can like be full black or what whatever that means i don't know what that yeah. means but i'm gonna assume it's a thing um because we're talking about tw- <laughs> twisting the I'll dials yeah. um <laughs> and just full volume yeah. up. i got you <laughs> and because i think like you need that space to like i think you know our personalities have so many facets to them and like we need yeah, we need yeah. outlets yeah. and times to like express certain aspects of ourselves that we can't in other places. So, yeah. So I never I would never feel um, excluded if my friends were like, we just need like a day, you know, to hang out with like these other people. <laughs> we need a day to yeah, be black. Yeah. Sorry, Kristen, you can't come. <laughs> I sure hope we would never say that. But that would be a like, weird way to put I'm it. Sure I, I might feel like, if if that was the delivery, <laughs> I might feel like. Okay, <laughs> but I get it. I definitely yeah, like, get oh. it. <laughs> um, Kristen, yeah, but I think thank you so really much great. for making the time, man. This was so cool. Yeah. This was like no, really, such an was. insightful conversation. Oh, I'm glad. Um, man, identity is just such a it's such a, a beautiful like just weird thing, and I mean yeah. like just to end can I note, can I actually like, bring up just like one more people? Oh, I'm sorry, don't who they cut you are? Off. But yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, I just wanted to actually bring up like one other thing that came to mind is that like this idea of cultural appropriation. I find that my identity yeah. is like the the i it is it is cultural appropriation if you think about it the fact that like white and mm. asian came together and mixed in this way it's like who's appropriating who or like is is this a white person being asian or is this an asian person being white it's not either um mm. and so yes i think i think cultural appropriation is really gross when people do it in a way that erases one of the mixture yeah yeah but i then but then i i don't know and this is i i think there's a lot of beauty that can come from mixing cultures um and so when i see like mm. a, a let's for example if i saw a black woman wearing like an asian dress like a teapot i i think there's some people that would say that's wrong and that you know that's like disrespectful but i I would think it's only disrespectful if the black person was like, I invented this fashion, you know, instead of being. But I think yeah, it's totally yeah. fine for people to embrace other cultures um, as long as, you know, there's like to reference. Uh, yeah. And so, um, yeah. And so that's also something I think about a lot with my identity. Just the fact that, like, it can't be wrong to mix cultures of people who of mixed cultures exist. Um 
and that's something yeah. I've been thinking about a lot too. So yes, just that your the, the talk about identity really made me think about that, and that's awesome. Thanks, yeah. Chris. I love that. Well, thanks, Chris. I think this has been a very insightful conversation. I think um, for me, listening as well as like responding, and like I know I've like responded mostly mentally. Um, I'm like. I mean, yeah, and then there are other times I'm like, no, no, that's, I, okay. <laughs> um, but no, I think all of this is valid and real. I think everyone's perspective when they bring, like, I was saying in the last episode, like, your truth is your truth, right? Like, so, mm. like, it may not be, my truth isn't going to be your truth, right? But, like, there are some things yeah. that are factual. Like, your experience is factual. That is how you yeah. felt. That is what it is. Um, I can't be like, oh yeah, 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 but like also like this is this is actually more true than yours. It's like no, they're both true, mm. and that's okay. Like they're they typically say the truth is found somewhere in the middle of everyone else's truth, um, yeah. which I tend to find more accurately, especially when you know you're looking at multiple situations of conflict. <laughs> everyone has their perceived perception of how things happened, and then you look and you're like, no, actually, like objectively speaking. You all were wrong, and here's why. <laughs> but that's not, we're not talking about a right or wrong here. Um, we're talking about more of an appreciation of two people being in love and creating another beautiful person and what that comes with when they have their own yeah. cultural and I mean, know, situations. Don't going. get me and wrong. There, there is beautiful. so much historical baggage between white people marrying <laughs> minorities. So don't get me wrong there. There's definitely a lot that needs to be <laughs> unpacked and recognized about that whole, <laughs> whole other so, episode for yeah, that. No. <laughs> whole other conversation, y'all. But, I mean, that's a whole other episode. You know, there you go. Right yeah. here. Whole other episode. Yeah. Uh, whole but other we, episode. <laughs> we will not hold you all listening captive any longer, even though I know you're very, like, captivated, not like... Ca- you get what I'm saying. Anyways, I can't wait to hear you all's comments um, on our Instagram page, on Twitter, and see what you all think about the conversation and how different cultures mix in together in people and food and life um, looks for you all. So, with that in mind, you all have an excellent week and we will see you all next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Sleep well. Get eight hours. I'm out. <laughs> Who doesn't need a little soft care in the cold winter months? Glow with Red has got you covered. From scented soy candles, satin hair scrunchies, African black soap, and raw shea butter, just to name a few of their amazing products. Follow them on Instagram at glowwithred underscore official and slide into their DMs to place your order. How about this? Use our discount code AROUNDMUCH10 and get 10% off your total order. This offer is valid from the 30th of June to the 14th of July. Glow with Red this winter. Your best friend in self-care.